Welcome to the Two Catholic Guys Podcast. And now, because three Catholic guys would draw ridiculous comparisons to the Trinity, here are your two Catholic guys, Adam Fisher and Ed Pluchar. Thank you very much, Neil Lyons. And on today's episode, we bring back the Two Catholic Guys Podcast. We talk about the things you want to hear about, and we answer some of your questions. All that and more coming right up. Welcome, everyone, back to the Two Catholic Guys podcast. I think, Ed, we've been on a hiatus for, what, six, seven years here? Too long. Yeah, too, too long. long. Hard, to, hard to fathom that much time has gone on, isn't it? It has. I mean, yeah. Well, welcome into the, uh, the Two Catholic Guys uh, podcast studio in the south side of Chicago. Glorious studio, I must say. It is. The unfinished drywall and the bare concrete walls bring a nice aesthetic. See, we were supposed to make it sound like we're in a very expensive... The velvet-coated <laughs> walls yeah. and the very warm, yeah, yeah, warm I, feeling I get. We want to uh, portray that we're a really high-energy, sophisticated like uh, Trump. Enterprise here. Yes, yes. <laughs> we want to make podcasting great again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm on board. Anyway, I apologize. I haven't officially introduced you. So uh, here we are in the podcast studio. I'm Adam Fisher um, with me. Oh, man. His hand we, signal. We haven't, <laughs> We've been out of practice. We haven't done this in a long time. I'm trying to receive no, your signals. No, it's okay. Here well, we I mean, because, you know, like, yeah, you can say you're Ed Pluchar, but. It sounds better if someone says who you are because, like, you're more important than, like, you know, like if you have to say I'm Ed Pluchar, it, it, okay, you don't sound as cool, right? But if I'm like, hey, here is Ed Pluchar, and then I have something pithy to say, right? Well, or humorous, or (laughs) something that would want people to not turn it off, like they probably are now. It's already done, right? So we're just talking to each other, yeah. So Ed, why why did we do, why are we doing this? Why did we bring this back? You know what? I missed this. I missed re- misreading your cues, <laughs> <laughs> not having enough to say. <laughs> you know, I, there's a lot out there. I to be honest with you, I've not come across a Catholic podcast. There may be one out there. Mm-hmm. That I just haven't discovered yet, but mm-hmm. I've not come across one that made for easy listening, where it really enhanced or broadened my faith perspective. Okay. Um, so I, I think it's important that we uh, give a disclaimer to the audience, right? So by no means uh, are we experts no. in just about anything, not even in our real time jobs, uh, but, but <laughs> let alone. <laughs> in 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 matters of theology or faith, uh, so we, we hope we never come across as that. But if you know, we're fairly well read individuals. We've both set, spent time in the Catholic seminary system, Indeed. so Indeed. we we might have a little bit more knowledge than the average uh, bear. But but by no means are we. Um, you know, uh, postdoctoral uh, grads in Not at <laughs> in all. matters yeah. of Catholicism or faith. Uh, we're just people who are passionate about our faith, who who want to live it every day, and and to a certain extent, for me, this podcast is an act of faith. Like it's <laughs> this is a way for me to live my faith. Um, this is a way for me to kind of figure it out together, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. With you, with the audience. Um, with my family, um, and and so I'm looking forward to that. To to give me this is almost a part of my spiritual discipline, right? This is my uh, this is this is a a way for me to to really focus on my faith and say, you know, 
there's more there's things that I want to learn more about my faith and I want to be able to express it in a medium like this. Mm-hmm. And when you need to get bef- you know behind a microphone like this, you need to know a lot more than you might already do. Sure. So this is actually for me a cool way to say Hey, am I? Do I really know this? Correct. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm looking forward to that. And and we were talking a, a little bit in the pre-show about this. Uh, to me, this is what the new evangelization is all about, right? To to find 15 year old mediums and get on them, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, so uh, never cutting edge, <laughs> just a little bit back off yeah. near the back of the blade. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, EWTN started like 40 years after the advent of TV. We're starting 15 <laughs> years after the advent. But, but you know, obviously podcasts have been around for a really long time. They, they've they've gained a recent prominence. Um, you know, we're obviously in a very crowded field. Uh, we're, it's podcasts a very crowded market. Yeah, podcasts right. in general. It's a very crowded market. And we know that. We get that. Uh, but we are trying to have something different. Uh you know, if this thing starts to tank, maybe we'll introduce like a murder mystery, like cereal. Oh man! Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, for now, um, what we really hope to do is bring topics that we think uh, will be interesting to you. Certainly, are interesting to us, um, and and we're really looking forward to that. And you know, Ed has been soliciting, and, and I need to start soliciting. As Ed likes to joke, it's one Catholic guy and somebody else. Um, <laughs> All in love. Yeah, I could tell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all in love. I've actually started a mailing list just so <laughs> I can make that joke. But that's all in love. Don't worry about it, folks. Well, um, here we are. Yeah, here's, <laughs> here, here we are. Um, so, you know, what we want to do is, is solicit you for questions as well, topics that are interesting to you, things about your faith that you've always wondered and want somebody to explore deeper. Um, you know, we're looking for any of those suggestions. Um, one of the first series, though, that we're looking to embark on is a series on Catholic devotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Ed, when we talk about Catholic devotions, kind of what pops into your mind? I think it's a discipline. It's it's something that um, you know the the, the experts, the um, our, our forebears in faith have have discovered or have otherwise followed, and you know, re- reached heights of devotion and love and, and charity that we hope to attain. So mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things, I think, that um, it, it's like a spiritual mentorship, even across ages and time mm-hmm. and place. Yeah. And, you know, for me, the, the reason I was attracted to this topic was as, as a father of one, two on the way, as a husband, um, I want to instill the faith in a deeper way. Uh, into my children, and I want to experience the faith in a deeper way in my marriage. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, sure, we we pray before meals, we go to Sunday mass. You know, my wife and I pray before bed, but uh, and we pray with our our son before bed. But I still feel like there's that next level. Yeah, right. There's there's that next level of of worship. Uh, of of what the church is called the domestic church, like that's what a yeah. family is, right? So church but begins in the family. You the, want it to the, become the, part of the rhythm of your day, exactly. Yeah. And 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 if we are to take that concept of domestic church seriously, as as husbands and fathers as mm-hmm. we are, um, we need to do. You know, for me, I need to do more to instill the faith in inside of you know my children specifically. Yeah, and I ta- I love that that 
that allegory and that concept of the domestic church. Like the church begins in the house yeah. and then it extends outwards, right? And this is why issues of the family are so important to Catholic leadership because that yeah. is the the view of what a family is. And so uh, for me to to study these devotions, to understand them more, and then also to learn how to practically implement them in the household, mm-hmm. something that's very interesting to me uh, and something that, frankly, I want to do this topic so yes. that I can learn how to do these things, right? So I can learn how to bring them into my family. And, and I feel like, you know, we have a greater exposure to some of these devotions. We've, we've implemented them into our own uh, prayer lives, uh, you know, especially as seminarians. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I would really like to do is to say, hey, how can I implement this in my family? And then I just want to share that experience yeah. with the audience. That too, and I, I think you would probably agree with this, that in the seminary, there's a unique sense of community mm-hmm. and, you know, being the seminary brotherhood, but um, you're, you're fostering that in your family. Beyond that, and my hope is with our audience, beyond that, you begin to foster community of faith with a broader audience, with people we may not ever have a chance to sit down and pray with, but here we are, you know, they, they're praying on the other side of the microphone here, so... Um, I look forward to that. I look forward to growing with anybody who's interested in journeying with us. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's a great perspective, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, <clears throat> and I am looking forward to that. And and you know, you, you touched on the 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 unique community. Um, it, it's very easy to do these things when your whole day is focused on doing these things, yeah. right? And yeah. so. Um, uh, it, obviously it's very hard being a seminarian. It's very hard being a priest. It's very hard to be clergy, but to a certain extent, you know, the, the life of a priest is, is geared towards a life of prayer. Correct. Right. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I'm, I know I could already hear my priest friend saying idiot. Uh, <laughs> 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 like if you've ever been there at 10 30 at night signing right. checks, right. <laughs> but, um, in an ideal world, right, right. And, and of course one we, that we don't live in, um, you know, there should be time for that for for those folks. But but obviously, as 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 husbands, as as mothers, as wives, as lay people, as lay people mm-hmm. a lot of responsibilities, right? A lot of things that that can take us away. Um, you know, I just did a TCG minute on this. Uh, you know, of it, it's very easy to get distracted. It's very easy to um, to not be focused on those things. Yeah. And, and then as a result, it's easy to fill your life with things that aren't of the faith. It's, it's, yeah. you know, again, that, that's not to say like, listen, I'm a huge sports fan. I love movies, you know, so those are all good things. Those are all place, great right. things. But, you know, I myself find myself skewed towards those things. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm hoping to get out of this series, uh, exploring it with you and with the audience is, you know, how can I maybe tilt the scales to where there's more balance? Not to say that I'm going to erase those things. Sure. I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, and, and I don't think you should, and I think there's there's a time and place for everything. Sure. Um, but, you know, how, how do I do this? How can I implement this in my life to where I tip the scales back um, and and in a, as a result, uh, hopefully raise a, a, a more holy family? I completely agree with that. And I think... Um it, to me, I liken it to to at one's diet. You know, you can you can have too much junk food. Some junk food, punctuated junk food, 
is okay and you, you can <coughs> I was actually that. In a, I was at a band called Punctuated Junk Food. Punctuated Junk Food. Yeah. What yeah. style of music was that? Uh it was punk. It was punk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Appropriately so. Appropriately so. But the 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 church, the devotions, I think this is more like this is the milk and the meat and um you know, the real substance of your life and your faith. So mm. I agree with you. You you want to emphasize those things and perhaps have it in balance or de-emphasize things that have taken over. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we're going to be starting that journey uh, on the devotions soon. And we're not just going to do devotions the whole time. We're, we're going to intersperse it with some other mm-hmm. things, some other topics that we think you might find interesting, we certainly find interesting. And it just might be us talking to each other. Who knows? <laughs> Stay uh, tuned. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but we are wearing pants, so that's the important part. This time. This time. Um. Uh, but uh, as we as we start on this journey, uh, the first thing that we are going to take a look at is the rosary. Indeed, and and that's something that um, is very interesting. I, I think there's a lot of mystery around the rosary. I think that uh, why are you looking? There's like about uh, yeah <laughs> twenty of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's five times yeah twenty five. I think. Well, we'll find hey, out. We will find out. Hey, Let's just stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> that's called a teaser in this business. So it's a math teaser on top of it, which is always the best. Um, uh, obviously, outside of the mysteries, correct, correct. Um, I couldn't I th- resist. I think I think there's. If I'm being completely honest, I would argue that the the average Catholic probably doesn't know how to truly pray the Rosary. Sure, I would say I have an 85 percent grasp on it. Uh, so, but let's shoot for 100. <laughs> yeah, let's. You know, I aim high. At, <laughs> Uh, 110%. <laughs> yeah, so so I think it, it'll be great to to make sure that uh, we talk about the basics, but also talk about why it's such a popular devotion, yeah. uh, look into its history, look into um, uh, very popular folks who have prayed it, uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. especially in, in the Catholic world, um, and then how it can be, um, you know, it's one thing to pray it I- individually, but also, you know, the, the aspect that I'm going to be very interested in as we step through this series on devotions is how you can implement this in your home, how yeah, you can implement yeah. this in community, right? So even if you're a, a single person or, you know, you're, you're, you, you live with a roommate, uh, how can you implement this in community mm-hmm. or in a family? And, and I think that's, that's what we're always going to try to bring to you is, is how can you do this solo, but also how can you implement it in a community and a family uh, situation? Absolutely. So we're really excited about that. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, that will be our next episode uh, dropping next Tuesday. But uh, until then, we do have some reader questions. Isn't that uh, correct, Ed? We do. Let me, uh, let me pull from Gabrielle Ann from Facebook. Are we giving real names? Well, is that a real name? Mm, I see what you did. The question is, uh, the topic really, she didn't phrase it as a question, but the Mm -hmm. the topic is patience in marriage. So I would Mm -hmm. phrase it to you as a question. How is Lucy patient patient with you (laughs) in your marriage? Well, I think the fact that we are still married is the uh, overwhelming evidence of her patience in our marriage. It exists, yes. Yes. <laughs> that is a sign that the seed is there, <laughs> and it has grown. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> it um, has to. So uh, uh, how about Marcy? I mean, if we're going to make fun of me, let's no, no, make fun no, of you. I'll give you the I'm serious answer. Because yeah. I, I yeah. think she's been the, in our marriage, she's been the model for this. Her, the thing she told me early on, and it was it was perfect that she told me, she expressed it, because that, that changed a lot of things for me. She said that whenever we had a conflict, we didn't really have any knockdown fights, but whenever we had a conflict, an argument, anything like that, 
or even if I just did something incidentally, you know, and to me it was nothing like it was actually nothing where Mm -hmm. I just wanted to, to leave for a little while or hang out with friends. And she took that almost personally offensive. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's offended that we're doing this right now. She's a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) No, but she's grown a great deal as well. Um, but the, she said one day she just, or she, not just one day, she she as a rule said to herself, I know he's never trying to hurt me. Mm-hmm. It's never deliberate. It's never malicious. Mm-hmm. It may happen. I may get hurt by something he does, but it's not him attacking me or seeking to harm me. Mm-hmm. And we're all fallen people. So she told me that, and I thought, I don't know if that's perfectly true. Mm. You know, because I'm a bastard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if it's... <laughs> C- C- CF, one Catholic guy. <laughs> right, go ahead. Right. <laughs> so, C- C- <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> the temptations there is to argue, right? Like, well, that's not even true. <laughs> yeah. no. <laughs> no, I will try I to hurt you, try to okay? <laughs> but it really, when she first told me, it, it took me aback because it represented first of all an extreme vulnerability to me it was it was a real rule of trust from mm-hmm. her to me mm-hmm. and the very first thing the very first reaction that came for me was i want to live up to that mm-hmm. and so even even in those jumbled or dark or or not very happy moments when i may have gone too far on a dig or i may have argued too long or it, just whatever it was that that rule of hers, which she lives by, which is her rule for patience in marriage, has actually made me more patient. I've mm-hmm. I've respected that rule and said I'm not going to take advantage. I'm not going to abuse this rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, for me, um, <clears throat> we'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually cut not because now it's funny. <laughs> uh, you know, for me. Um, uh, Lucy with me is is unceasingly patient, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's funny because I have uh, uh, I had a great role model uh, in patience in my father. Uh, Lucy is a great role model to me in patience in a marriage, uh, and I am terribly impatient, mm-hmm. like so much so that my light bulbs can be controlled by my smartphone. Right? <laughs> uh, I don't. Maybe that's laziness. Hold on. I, I, I never them, took that as an evidence of patience. I get them confused. <laughs> Um, no, but, but I, I am, I'm, I'm increasingly impatient and, and this has been something that, uh, has been a, a struggle for me and it's been a struggle in our marriage. Um, sure. and, and I think that, uh, what has always kind of consistently come back to me is, um, am I, am I extending the same level of patience to Lucy that I am, that I would hope that God is extending that same level of patience to me. Absolutely. Um, and, and as I would meditate on that, as I, I would think about that, I would say I suck, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously it's, it's, uh, it's the spouse's job in a marriage to imitate Christ to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I was a pretty terrible imitator, right? And 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 I started to realize that and said, well, that this doesn't work, right? right. So, um, uh, so obviously something has to change. Now that's it's always easy to see that something has to change. And maybe not easy, but but it's one thing to see that something has to change. It's another thing to change it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and I would argue that on interpersonal aspects of our relationship, I've shown some growth. Sure. In non-interpersonal things that are just more day-to-day things, I'm still terribly <laughs> like, like, come on, man, just move over so I can turn right, right you know, right. or like, <laughs> come on, tractor. Uh, <laughs> and this is a perfect example. Yeah, so, yeah. so what's funny is Ed, Ed, this morning on his way to the podcast studio was talking about being stuck behind a tractor, and. Um, uh, I got stuck. I think behind the same tractor was it? Was it? Was it a large blue tractor? Mine was a, a, a large green. tractor. Okay, so I was I was stuck behind a large blue tractor. I was taking Henry to church. Lucy was singing at the other church, oh, so yeah. I, it was just Henry and I. And uh, we were going to be late, and uh, the guy gets in the left turning lane, and out of my impatience, I turned into the gas station just to get around him <laughs> which is obviously highly illegal but looking around so so yes i did commit commit an illegal act on the way to church which is great yeah yeah uh but that's why you I, can ask forgiveness right exactly away. <laughs> like, it's a great way to start the mass uh it's as if they thought about that it's, right uh so wash your feet yeah so so uh still many other things of my personal life that i am impatient and and frankly i do realize that holding on to those things that keep me impatient also hold me back from being even more patient in my marriage and sure. so uh, it is something I'm working on, as you can tell from my story yesterday. But um, I think, you know, for me, the, the overwhelming thing is, am I imitating Christ, uh, you know, to to my wife and then uh, in front of my son, right? So, so yeah. the way I treat my wife and the way my wife treats me uh, is uh, a classroom for our children. Absolutely. Right? And so... Um, that also was another thing that that really motivated me to say, uh, not only am I supposed to be an imitator of Christ to my wife, I am supposed to be an imitator of Christ to my son. And again, going back to this concept of the domestic church, mm-hmm. um, if my son is to learn of Christ, he is going to learn of Christ through myself and my wife. And if I am not showing the level of patience that that my wife deserves mm-hmm. and that is an imitation of Christ, then I'm not doing, I'm not doing well. I'm not doing my job correctly. Exactly. And so that is, um, something that, uh, uh, when you realize that it then humbles you to prayer mm-hmm. because you really have no other recourse, right? You yeah. realize who you are. You realize what you're capable of back to your concept of being a fallen world and a real bastard. I'm perhaps a bigger bastard. Um, we'll <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> And so, so I, you know, I realized, hey, I really need to to get my act together. And the only way I can do this is through prayer. The only way I can do this is to ask for transformation, yeah. to look to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, to to change me and my heart. Pray for grace, right? So, what else? Would uh, you like another question? Have? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. This again is not so much a question as a topic, but a another of our Facebook friends um, has frequently asked for input, um, guidance, encouragement mm-hmm. on living the single life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought I'd throw that to you first. Right? <laughs> <laughs> why? Well, why throw it to me first? Throw, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Great question. Great, great question. <laughs> Uh, but, but why throw it to me first? Well, because I, I was speaking. Because so I was single yeah, the longest. The, the direction that, of the voice went this way. Yeah. Is that what you're trying oh, to say? Uh, well, I guess so. There you go. Well, I knew That's you would <laughs> always find a way to give me a subtle <laughs> dig. Uh, um, well, I, I think that uh, uh, first, I wouldn't uh, put this on uh, the teaching of the church, but I would put this on the church 
in general, uh, we kind of suck at this. Yeah. You know, we kind of we're not very good at at coming along next to single folks and being like, here is the way, right? And here's why, right? Yeah. Um, and and frankly, uh, I think outside. <laughs> Outside of, uh, and I'm talking current catechetical culture, right? Sure. I'm not, uh, there is uh, things to be found on these topics. There is great graces to be received mm-hmm. in, in your lot in life. Um, but I think our ability to explain those graces or to reveal them is <laughs> limited. Yes, it is not there. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, I, I think that we only do a slightly better job even with with marriage right right um right. unfortunately so uh so we're all in this together everybody <laughs> uh but but uh, you know I, I think that uh looking back on on my time as as a single person um truly some of the the, the hardest you know times of of my life uh confusing times yeah um so I don't know if there's a lesson in there other than just to commiserate. But yeah. uh, I think there is. But it's not, what what are your well, thoughts gonna, on this? What what sorts of things did help? I mean, when when you were single and feeling especially lonely, did anything help at all? Yeah. Um, pillow pets. No. Pillow pets. Uh, okay. I, I you know I think is that our sponsor? Maybe. <laughs> By the way, TCG is still looking for sponsors. <laughs> if you'd like to sponsor this podcast, please email us at tcgsponsors at twocatholicguys.com. <laughs> we need to turn this into a video podcast. Um, a lot of nonverbals here. Yeah. Well, you can see all the ways we contort ourselves when we're drinking something, so it's not by the microphone. It's, it's pretty entertaining. <laughs> but, no, you know, and I think... Uh, uh, for me, it, it it comes down to, uh, it, and it seems like a cop out answer, but it, it is not. It really comes back to the Eucharist. Sure, I, I think everything starts there, and um, you know, there there's a lot of aspects of, you know, and of course, people could be single for many reasons. It's because they're discerning, you know, called a religious life. It's because they're still waiting on the right situation for marriage, mm-hmm. right? There, there's a lot of reasons uh, why someone is single or that's just their, you know, their chosen their lot calling, in life. Right. And, and that's that's the, the way their, their life is going to continue. But, f- um, uh, you know, there's plenty of aspects around the, the dating scene that I certainly don't miss <laughs> about no. the single life yeah. and, 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 and the drama that comes with that and the heartache and, and the, the hardship. But, uh, you know, back to when we were talking about earlier of, of, of the priest's life being ordered towards prayer, mm-hmm. more so than any other lot in life, uh, can a single person truly devote themselves to prayer. That's a great point. Um, and and there is aspects of that that I truly miss, right? So mm-hmm. so I know that my time for prayer is is limited, right? It it, it is truly limited, and yeah. and that is there is nothing that's ever going to change that. As a matter of fact, for me, it's only going to get harder, right? Sure, uh, you've plateaued, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> so it seems, <laughs> yeah. And for those who don't get that reference, Ed is the proud father of, of five, children. five children. I have yeah. one and another one on the way. So so I'm 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 nose diving. <laughs> Ed nose dived and and as it nose nose dove. I don't know. Divin. Uh, yeah, Divin and uh, and and then pl- I'm arguing as plateaued. Of course, only only Ed knows that. <laughs> um, 
but you know, with 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 family work, all those other things, right? Um, I have a small sliver of prayer, smaller than I would I, I wish it were. Sure, right? Um, and so, unlike any vocation in life, uh, right now for a single person, the amount of time that they can truly spend on on meditating on the great mysteries of our faith, praying and being in constant communion with God. Um, having time uh, before the Eucharist and to experience the Eucharist. And, and of course, you know, obviously 99% of single folks are working, right? They, they, right, they right. have a lot of the commitments that, on, that, yeah. that you know, uh, a married person might have or, or a clergy might have. But, but I do believe that they have a very unique ability to, um, to really spend time in prayer, really spend time before the Eucharist and Eucharistic adoration. So I think practical advice would be find the nearest 24-hour Eucharistic adoration sure. chapel. Uh, listen to our series on devotions. Uh, Religiously. Bing! Uh, we need a, we do need a soundboard. A for, noise. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, but also seek devotions out, right? S- mm-hmm. Seek out uh, seek out saints that that you find kinship with and and find a devotion to them. Uh, stay ever present and close to our our holy mother, um, and uh, and and stay ever close and present to the Eucharist. I think practically, yeah. uh, those are the things. Um, check out uh, you know check out the liturgy of the hours. I think that's yeah. a very helpful way to regulate your time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Uh, uh, challenge yourself to essentially pray five times a day, right? S- five, six times a day. Like, right. um, uh, find these great practices in the church. And I think liturgy of the hours is maybe the, the, the practice par excellence, right? Yeah, of, right. Of how you can find a way to pray throughout the day. Um, which single people for centuries have been doing. I mean, yeah. You know. And, and so, you know, find, you know, research the liturgy of the hours, um, Listen to the future uh, two Catholic guys podcast on it, uh, and 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 use that as a baseline, and then find yourself in the presence of the Eucharist as much as humanly possible. Absolutely, I think to the uh, this is just paraphrasing to an extent, but um, there's an extent to which if if you're not sold on that advice, I think you may need to challenge yourself to take prayer more seriously, to really see it as that communion with God, because mm-hmm. if you can, if you do, if you better yet sense it, then it really can be enough. Not all the time and not, not you know, in every hard situation, but right. it really can provide um, those peak moments that carry you through those harder times. And I, For me personally, whenever I go through a, a, a valley, I'm always looking at the mountain, mountain peak experiences that help me get through it, let me know that there's something on the other side of it. So hmm. having those experiences with the Lord in prayer and, and really genuinely seeing it as a moment in his presence um, is something else. The other thing, too, that I, I think helps and is e- much easier said than done, I, I think, like you were saying, in the practice of ministering to single people, the church has not done as well as it could, is providing a social dimension to that, where mm-hmm. being single is not being antisocial. It's not being right. without a community. It's, right. it's rather immediately you are celibate and chaste you're not um but you're not devoid of human contact you're Mm -hmm. not devoid even of intimacy Mm -hmm. you know emotional intimacy with Mm -hmm. somebody um 
and to be honest, I don't know what the answer is to that either, but I, I think if you can start to cultivate that, if you can start to look for opportunities and you, you know, go, go ahead and yourself yeah. and do it and, yeah. and look for like-minded individuals, yeah. that can be a real source of uh, nourishment. I, you know, I think you touched on that and I think that's a great point. That was always what was the hardest thing for me was finding true community. Yeah. Uh, especially once, uh, once high school kind of ended, right? You, yeah. you lose that natural community of, of schooling and, and you can maybe find that then in college, but then once you're out of those things uh, in that our society provides for natural community, right. it's very hard to find it. And and where I had found success as a single person when it came to community was always in service opportunities. Hmm. Um, yeah. So for me, the more I served the church, the more I found opportunity for a community. Now, having said that, uh, that was always very uh, transient though, right? So, sure. so I'd find it, but it would be very fleeting, and and it it led me to say either, uh, you know, at first it led me to seminary, obviously, and then it eventually led me into a family, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, so that desire is real, and I think that that's going to be the struggle is is finding an outlet for that community. And I guess the best advice I can give there is that find service opportunities, find places where those communities are growing. Um, and I do think that that is one area where, where the church severely lacks and I think where modernity has killed yeah. um, a lot of other natural community opportunities that grew out of the church and the parish community. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think modernity has killed a lot of that, right? Absolutely. Um, and and I, I would love to see a revival of some of that and I think there's great opportunity for that. But there are, you know, there are plenty of of lay communities that are interspersed out there. Yeah. Um, and, and there are also religious communities that, uh, through service allow you to get, you know, more connected. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I think that that's always going to be the hardest thing is, is finding that community aspect, uh, reveling in it and growing in it. And, and I think the finding it's the hardest part. I think that's a great point too. That you took me by surprise with that, but that's a really excellent point. And uh, on two levels, one, I think, part of the struggle, at least when I was single, is is not just the sense of loneliness, but you kind of feel trapped by it. You feel like there's no way out and and to find communion with people. But think about the the movement, the interior movement of service. It's it's actually opening yourself up. It, it's directing your energy and your attention outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the primary emotion. I think if you make a habit of that, you you are developing the bond of a community. Mm-hmm. I agree. So is our our mail ba- our mailbag still open or is it closed yet here, Ed? Let us see. I had a question. Uh, this this will be a little potentially. Well, I don't I don't really think it's that controversial, but um, just to kind of address some assumptions, let's say I think some unspoken assumptions I see: politics and orthodoxy. Okay. Well, Let it me sounds ask like an, an excellent topic for next episode. <laughs> We're already way over our time, so this is my way of saying next time. We're getting rid of that? All right. All right. <laughs> then the mailbox is closed. All right. Finish. So we've gone and closed the mailbag. Uh, thank you for your questions. Uh, feel free to uh, like Two Catholic Guys on Facebook, find Ed or myself on Facebook, or uh, feel free to email us directly, or you can email mailbag at twocatholicguys.com. Is that a thing? It will be by the time this hits the airwaves. All right, very good. Yeah, I like how I say airwaves as if this is going to be <laughs> like broadcast at a 15,000 watt, right? Uh, no, uh, 
We're still working on that. Though. Yeah, we'll get there. But, uh, yeah. We will get there once we continue in our media empire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Ed, I, I think this was um, mildly successful. Mildly, yeah. mildly. Yeah. I find out. I'm not happy to go. I'm not. I'm not confident to go above that. Uh, but it's good to be back behind the microphone. It's good to be back with it's you. Kick off, yeah. uh, it's good to be back in our ultra high tech velvet wall casting gold plated studio. Uh, <laughs> and it's good to be back with you guys. As always, we're very interested in feedback on today's episode and what you would like to hear in future episodes. So please reach out to us. For Ed Pluchar and our announcer Neil Lyons, I'm Adam Fisher. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk to you again next time. <laughs> we will talk to you again next time. <laughs> on the guys.com podcast. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.